Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to Chapter 73 of the Corona Diaries. Um, you've been you've been Sean, haven't you? I have. I have been many people over the years, but <laughs> this morning I was Sean and uh, a bit, a bit. Right. Just tidied up, really. Just a little bit of a tidy up? I was getting out of hand. Um, right. It's not so much the length of me, it's more, it's more the, um, the thickness. <laughs> Pornographers. <laughs> That's your dirty mind once again. You knew, you knew where I was going to have to go with that. <laughs> well, it is, though. It gets very, um, you know, unruly. Do you have the, the old thinning scissors then? No, I was talking about my penis then. <laughs> um, are the thinning scissors? No, no, I haven't got <laughs> don't you, I haven't don't, got those. Don't use the thinning scissors down there. <laughs> No, no, that could be nasty. Oh, yeah, you don't want them south. <laughs> Do it yourself a circumcision. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think they even work with a pair of thinning scissors. Do people do their own? I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'll have to ask my Jewish friends whether anybody does their own. I suppose right. they do it at birth, don't they? You're not ready, are you, at birth to be doing your own um, surgery? How have we got there in... I'm going to have to check. This is about, what, a minute and a half in? And we're now on the protocols of self-circumcision. We need to get back immediately to the sanity of the uh, the gold toilet that was stolen yeah. from Blenheim Palace. Which, yeah, which is what we were talking about before we started. Let's <laughs> claw our ways back. Claw oh. our way back, Anthony. We'll claw our way back. We'll yeah. claw our way back. But you've had your hair done. You've had your hair done. I have. I've had it and, done. And you don't have thinning scissors on your hair then? No, no. Right. I, I would, God, I wouldn't hair trust myself with anything like that. They'd just be right. like three wispy ones at the end sticking up. <laughs> Some kind of comb over. <laughs> like a Hamlet advert. <laughs> that's it. Oh, it's hysterical, that advert, isn't it? <laughs> I can see you. You ought to mock up for that. Get yourself a a, a, a cap and, and do and do the I'm Hamlet advert. Yeah. <laughs> when the seat drops down, yeah, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> cast for this week. Yeah, God. Oh. <laughs> anyway, the big news, Ooh. the big news, we're, we're recording on a Tuesday, and, we, and I'm not going to go into why we're recording on a Tuesday. Okay. Professionally, we decided that we would we would regroup and do Tuesday. Ooh. But the good news there is that what we couldn't have talked about yesterday, we can talk about today, is the Christmas live natural show and live stream. Yes, I had booked one after all. Um, yes. Apparently, I'd spoken to them about it at length and then <laughs> completely forgotten. Um, 
And then they'd all gone on holiday, so I couldn't get hold of them to ask them whether or not I'd booked one. Uh, but I have, and it's on Saturday the 18th, which is the perfect day to do it as well. Absolutely. I've been hoping to get such a date for many years. Yes. But it, 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 they've never had one available, but I've managed to slide in. So uh, the pandemic probably did me a favour. I'm a mm. friend of the pandemic. Yes. So uh, just that one week, it literally is the start of the Christmas season, isn't it? Because... Christmas it is day really. Will be it's seven it's, days. It's just close enough, but not too close, you know, because mm. a lot of people start hunkering down, don't they? Uh, mm. So, uh, and it's a Saturday night, which I've never mm. managed to secure before. So that's great. And I've heard through the grapevine that as of now, I've, I've done half the tickets. Uh, they've so, been selling well, I think. Yeah, I think Lucy says I've done 200 of the 400 day one. So I've got to find out now from the church whether they're happy for me to sell it to, to you know, to Pact or whether they want um, socially distanced spaces, in which case I might have already sold out. Uh, wow. I'll have to check. Wow. But I'm going to live stream it as well. Um so I don't know. I don't know if that implies that you should come again. Well, well, we, I mean, we can one, one, ponder that, one, can't we? Once a year is always nice. Yeah. You're bragging again, Anthony. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not much of a brag, is it, that? <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> well, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, we ought to ponder that. See what see 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 whether it's uh, I don't know I'd happily come along if if I'm invited. Yeah, well, let me think. I mean, mm. it worked quite well, but but we weren't in public last time, were we? But I don't know that that I mean that probably would be better if anything. Right, interact with the crowd, I suppose. You could wear a gold cloak. I could, you know, and a t-shirt saying "I'm the real star in this setup," you know, kind <laughs> of thing. And, <laughs> and I, don't I could wear the... a t-shirt saying "He is," you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm slightly concerned that with the with the the direction it's taken this year, that some of the adornments for the tree might not be suitable for a church. <laughs> no, no, I'm there. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> might all get a bit carried away. I know what I'm going to dream tonight. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know a few people have already booked. There's a few of the the, the diehard purples are definitely coming. Uh, sorry, go on. <laughs> I was just saying, a few of the diehard purples are definitely coming. Yes, yes, we will be able. To, we'll be, yes, yeah. It'll be. I mean, it, it'll be interesting, won't it, to do a show now with um, with this new sort of sub family, mm. um, where you know, wearing their uh, little purple H's and Christ knows what else. Mm. Um, mm. Purple false teeth I should do, shouldn't I? Um, but whatever, you know. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting that'll be an interesting thing, won't it? Be mm. like a a hardcore with a small H. You're gonna look out and all you're gonna see is purple members. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've broken my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the 18th. You might still be able to get tickets. It might have gone by now. If you're one of the lucky few, congratulations. 
because uh, it, it'll be a hell of a night. Let's hope so. Uh, yeah. Well, I've 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 done the hard sell. I've said, come and see a man who plays piano as though he's wearing mittens. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so I think that's let's 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 assume assume the worst on the piano playing, and then with a bit bit of luck, I'll get the singing together. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, a couple of bits of uh, moving on. A couple of bits of feedback from uh, from TCD seventy two, and one was from Patrick Jacques. Now, Patrick, uh, though he's French, so it probably isn't Patrick, is it? It's probably a more... Patrick, Jacques, Jacques, Patrick, it'd be Patrick with a ch in the, in <laughs> yes. the middle. There you are, Patrick with phlegm. Um, sorry, so... sorry, Patrick. <laughs> brutish, brutish. Brutish, brutish baby. <laughs> We're um, fucking hopeless, we really are. But carry on. <laughs> I wanted to comment on the swans walking down the street from one lake to the other in TCD 72. Uh, uh, I'm in North Carolina, even though I'm French. Right. Um, we have a large pond behind the house that belongs to a farmer, and over the years, Canadian geese mated and had babies, goslings, etc. After a few days, the youngs. Are, uh, a few days after the youngs are born, the whole family decides to leave the pond and walk to another pond, sometimes pretty far away. They have to walk since the young aren't able to fly yet, and he'd heard it's to escape potential predators that have figured out that they're young on the pond and they travel during the day because they know with humans around they're less likely to get picked up. Incredible. In- so I don't know if that's happening in the village. It may be. Yeah, it may be. I've started a petition to to run a bus for them. You know, mm. I'm, we're we're going to buy a minibus. The parish council um, and get one low, lower step put down. Sw- swans, swans, a duck step, only. duck step, swan, swan step. <laughs> duck steps funnier, and I don't know why. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> Love to be a duck step. <laughs> Duck step. <laughs> Duck step loves the poop. <laughs> Sounds like sort of Hungarian composer. <laughs> Duck step. It ain't nothing like dubstep. Um, so that might be it. That might be why they walk through the village, and it might be why they walk through the village in the day. You might have a predator problem that you don't know about. Right. Right. Well, you never know. Foxes, isn't it? Usually, mm. um, they got to keep an eye out for. Might take a pretty ballsy fox to have a go at that lot. I tell you, I wouldn't be anywhere near them. Oh, you yeah. wouldn't mess with a swan, would you? They're big sods. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're yeah. hard. They are hard. I don't mess with a swan. Mm. Um, Andy Meany. I'm yeah. from Andy in a while. How are you, Andy? Um, what happened to that version of Victoria Station that you were working up on the old? QI20. I don't know, Andy. I did bang it down somewhere, uh, but I tend to lose things. Um, and uh, I've no idea what happened to it, really. I think I probably played it to the band and they probably went, hmm. Um, and that was probably the end of it, you know. But uh, I have actually played that song at Age Natural Gigs. I've been requested it. Mm. And I've kind of plunked my way through it. Um, it's just about a girl leaving home to get to get a job, 
Um, you know, because in, in, in the uh, 80s, Margaret Thatcher famously said, you've got to get on your bike if you want a job. You know, if, if there's no work where you live, you should get on your bike. Um, I think it was Norman Tebbit, but they're from the same cloth. Oh, was cloth. it? I'm, I same cloth. corrected, yeah. Same it, cloth. Well, yeah, blimey. Um, so this is, so I wrote this song as a kind of tongue-in-cheek um, go at that, you know. Um, she's only waiting for the day when they give her a break. She tries hard to, she tries hard to understand why it has to be this way. She's sitting pretty on a train, like it's easy to escape, but she can't hide it. It's inside her. I could meet you in the morning on Victoria Station. I could help to get you started in your new situation. Um. So it was a little, little song of support for mm. the, uh, for the for the homeless, I guess. Um, but then you know, I started thinking, mm, starting to sound a bit creepy. <laughs> but but it, it wasn't. Maybe not to, then. Maybe a little bit now. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why I lost it. I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'm too old to be singing this song. Well, here's an idea. If you could locate the QY20, and yeah, I know that's a big if. Yeah. Maybe you could do that on the 18th. Yeah. Well, I can have another look, but I've I've tried and failed to locate it in the past because um, when I've done the H when I've done the H band tours, I was trying to find it for the um, for the last thing rhythm, and I and I programmed really liking there all the funny little boom. You know that funny little rhythm that I play mm. when I when I do really like that that was all in the QI, and I had to recreate it on another machine, um, because I couldn't find it. But if it turns up, then maybe I'll I'll give it a I'll give it an outing. Well, I've still got I've still got a few contacts in the old music industry. I might put the word out and see if we can't locate a QI twenty. Take me six weeks to program the bloody thing up again, though. Yeah, um, I'm not worried about that, though. That's no, <laughs> no. Why should you be? <laughs> I've just got to locate a gold cape. That's all I've got to do. Yeah, <laughs> and a t-shirt saying it's all about me. It's all about me. <laughs> and a t-shirt that says it is, you know, for for me to wear. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So. D- didn't you tell me that you did something on it though? Didn't you? The last thing you actually that actually came directly off the QI. The last thing came straight off the QI. Yeah, the uh, the the rhythm for that. Hmm. It's all the wrong way. It goes You know, it's all completely the wrong way around. It starts with starts with the snare with the kick after it. It's quite a radical rhythm, and then Dahl put tablas all over it as well. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You're going to tell me Aziz has got it now, aren't you? Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he has walked past it in a real studio, <laughs> and he is from Manchester. <laughs> yeah. I can neither confirm or deny that comment. <laughs> It's possible I lent it to him and forgot. Um, 
I shouldn't imagine I, I, I that's the case at all. No. Because, well, if he's uh, got it, you ain't seeing it again. Well, if he had it, he would have told me he had it when I was looking for it to do do the H-band shows. So he, I don't think he's got it. No, there's a song called Oil that's on Arclight, actually. Right. Um, and that was the QI as well. Right. But I don't know what bloody hell I did with it. Well, that's fairly recent then. No, it's not because it had been kicking about for oh, years outrageous. and years. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I've never okay. got it finished. Well, Andy, in answer to your question, if you want to hear it in action, then the la- the last thing is where you need to be going. Yes, and and oil on the ArcLight uh, yeah. album was was QI was the QI drums definitely, um, but the Victoria Station song was first demoed with How We Live down at, at Rondo many years ago. Um, and uh, and then I was re-recording it and re-sort of working it during that fateful train ride from uh, Leipzig to Poznan. Um, and I don't know if I ever quite got to properly putting it down. Um, I was hoping the band might show some interest in it, um, but I don't think they did really. Okay. Probably a bit too poppy. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Um, and then last thing, and I can't pronounce uh, I can't pronounce this person's name, so I'm going to apologise in advance, and it's spelled S-J-O-U-K-J-E. Suki. I'll take your word for it. Suki, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, and she very kindly pointed out that um, fan, um, the, the OnlyFans website is pretty much exclusively porn oh. um and and the one i was thinking of where you get dealer d-list celebs to get the messages to you is cameo so thanks for putting us right on that uh and obviously if you are thinking about it and following a link then only fans is the porn folks um just just so you're aware oh and somebody pointed out as well that i, I had actually played the answering machine uh, last christmas oh did you yeah I don't remember it. I'd said, oh, you know, oh, I was going to do it and then I chickened out. Apparently I didn't chicken out. I uh, I did do it. All right. Was that any good? Christ alone knows. Right. Don't know why I'm asking you I was there. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to, today, back to today's show, folks. Um, we're going to talk about radiation. We, we, we did a few shows on TSE. I think we should talk about radiation. Yes, a fine album. A fine album. One of my favourites, actually. One is of my favourites. Oh, yes, it is. I've good. always liked it. Always liked it. I like both versions as well. I like the remix, but still like the original. Yeah, uh, Mike did a great job. Of the oh, he did remix. a cracking job. He just sort of warmed it up a little bit, and because I think certain members of the band—not me, to be honest—but certain members of the band felt it was a little bit brash as an overall sound. Um. But but Mike sorted that out with his with his sort of remix, which was very faithful to the original. Mm. Um, but 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 really just an attempt to, to to polish it slightly. I think there's a bit. Speaking of of the remix and speaking of Answer Machine, there's a bit in Answer Machine where it's just before a, a build, 
kind of in the middle. And on the original, there's a bit of you talking and you go and up and up and up and up and up and up. But on the remix, you don't. You go on the remix, you, the, the sample he's got is you going, God, I'm in love with that, which actually I think really works. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't even know that. Yes. Um, yes. Show, shows how, how, how well I listened to, um, to it all. I haven't heard that album for young, so I'll, I'll have to... To get hold of it and mm. have a good old listen. Give it a spin. Mm. Yes. Give it a spin. Anyway, so radiation. So the story begins around about, I believe, November 97. So you'd finished with all your TSE stuff mm-hmm. and you had a little break and I think you all got yourself back into racket around about November. And the two things before we start as a bit of backdrop, one is that, the Racket Club Online had just launched oh, yeah. around then. And then the other bit of a backdrop, and I know you mentioned this before, was that it was the time when there was a management shift. Yes. Um, I think around about that time, um, it was decided that um, we could no longer work with Hit and Run. Um, hit and Run management had kind of absorbed our manager, John, John Arneson, um, which meant that we'd gone from being John's sole responsibility to being a band on the roster at Hit and Run, uh, for whom John was responsible, um, but he was responsible for other stuff too. And uh, he was, you know, he was managing... Charles and Eddie. Um, oh, good grief. And Wright said, Fred, I think they had them. Um, I, too sexy for my shirt. Um, so we were kind of starting to get a little bit less atten- of John's attention. But but more, more worrying than that was the fact that John had gone from being, being paid a, um, a management royalty um from our earnings to being on a salary at hit and run which basically meant that he'd got out of our little rowing boat and he'd got on the he'd got on the ocean liner (laughs) (laughs) sailing alongside gone old p&o waving going i'm i'm with you all the way lads Um, and we were we were kind of he's got out the boat hasn't he he's not in our boat anymore um so we were a bit worried about that. So of course the band did the the, the rational thing, um, you know. Told John we didn't want him to manage us anymore, and 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 took up with Rod Smallwood, who had next to no interest in us whatsoever. So that was a positive move, <laughs> I thought. Um, so. Um, you know, Rod was very, very much Iron Maiden's manager, and that you know that was a, that was what occupied all his time and his thoughts, and made him a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were on the roster, and they, you know, they did their best for us. They assigned a guy called Dave Pattenden to us, uh, who was a very nice guy and used to phone me back. You know, if I phoned him. Um, 
But Rod kind of said day one, I don't want the band phoning me up. You know, you, you can have one person in the band who's allowed to phone me. Who's it going to be? So I think I think it ended up being Ian. So if you wanted to moan at Rod or ask Rod what was going on, you had to, you had to phone Ian up and go, Ian, I think you should phone Rod and ask what's going on. And then Ian would phone Rod to ask what was going on. And uh, Rod would phone back a week later when he'd actually mm. got the message. It was a bit like that, you know. So, so on the one hand, we had we had a big machine around us, you know, because Sanctuary at that point was a big machine. But we didn't really have that same feeling of being loved that we'd had before. And when I look back, to be fair, when I look back um, at the management relationship we used to have with John, I do now feel for him because he had five five divas phoning him up every hour of day and night. John, what's happening about this? John, what's happening about that? I'm very worried about this. All five of us would routinely phone him at any hour of day and night and bend his ear. Mm. And so I think Rod had learned the hard way that you don't let the band do that. You, you say, look, there's one person can phone me up. You know, I don't want all five, five of you hounding me night and day asking me the same bloody question. Um, so I kind of sympathise with, I sympathise a lot with John for putting up with that for years, which he did, uh, without ever complaining or suggesting otherwise. Uh, and I sympathise with Rod for refusing to put up with it as well. Um, but I just don't think, I, 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 I was always, you know, all the meetings, Rod would sit there and when we, had, when we got to have a meeting with Rod, he would sit there and he would sound off and I would all be, always be the one in the corner with one eye shut going, hmm. Um, and I think he knew that I wasn't really happy in that relationship and eventually... Um, we decided that had taken its its course really and it wasn't working out but they did their best for us i mean sanctuary as a as a thing did its best but rod was just too busy mm. i mean he never even learnt the title of that album he he called it radioactive and still does to this day i think if if we can remember it at all um so when you've got your own manager sat at a big table having a meeting with you and he doesn't know the name of your album. <laughs> you, that tells you all it's, you need It's a to little know, bit of a, really, yeah. You know, uh, you don't really need more information than that. Is the relationship with Lucy, just as an aside, closer to the relationship with John in that respect? No. No, it's a totally different relationship as well because it, it started... I mean, Lucy was was ne it was never intended that Lucy would manage the band. Mm. We 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 were managing the band ourselves, and we brought Lucy in to help out with publicity and marketing mm. because she'd been working at Saatchi and Saatchi at one point in her in her career, and uh, then she was working at EMI. She knew her music. She she was a bit of a fan. 
we'd been assigned she we'd been assigned to her for a a couple of the EMI products that she'd overseen. She seemed like a sharp girl. And so we brought her in for that and and almost in no time at all she decided that she wasn't really cut out for marketing. She was much better at organising shit. Um, and she is. She's very good at that. <coughs> and so we have a kind of strange relationship. I have a strange relationship with Lucy, really, because but it's quite a grown-up one. I don't phone her up all hours of days and nights shouting at her. Unless there's a crisis, of course. Mm. You know, I mean, if there was some terrible thing kicking off uh, that would directly affect our careers, then I guess, you know, I would pick the phone up. But it'd have to be pretty cataclysmic. I mean, the rest of the time, we, we, tend, to, we tend to communicate via email and the occasional meetings, um, you know, unless I'm incandescent with rage over, some, over anything. <laughs> In which case, you know, we do it over the phone. Because um, my incandescent with rage emails take a week to write and a fortnight <laughs> to reply to. So you're better off phoning me up, really. <laughs> well, I bet they're good, though. <laughs> the wordy. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. my my uh, my angry emails are a, are a concept album on their own, right? As a, but um, not that could I, the, not, could, I'm very rarely angry. Don't get me wrong. Could the band not put some music to them? <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> they probably could. That would work quite well. <laughs> anyway, back to radiation. So we've got we've got a management shift. Uh, um, um, Racket Online's started, so that whole f- journey with direct product selling and a more close relationship with fans, and that's all underway. Um, so that's 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 the kind of backdrop. But was there anything that you brought to Radiation that was left over from TSE? Hmm. I can't remember. I mean- Three Minute Boy might have been kicking about, you know, in some form or other. Um, it's possible that that had been floating around in the TSC writing sessions, unfinished. Um, the answering machine, I don't think, would have been. Now she'll never know. It was probably written during. That was, that was Pete and I who wrote Now She'll Never Know. He had. He had that acoustic guitar part, and um, and the, so the two of us put that together. Um, Faith, Faith's not on there, is it? No, no, no. Because no. that's you've the other got, song that Pete and I wrote. Uh, um, no, you've got uh, uh, "Under the Sun," "Costa del Costa del Yeah, I think all of those things happened you know, fresh during those writing sessions. Uh, we'd already got under the sun on the boil when R- Rothers came in one day with that sort of ragtime guitar thing. 
and uh, so I sort of busked a sort of preamble for Under the Sun, you know, the hose in the, the, hose in the ozone layer, the yeah, hole in the, in the ozone, ozone layer, uh, all of that. Um, what's wrong with the odd melanoma of the cats? <laughs> I'm surprised they let me keep that. Um, it's brilliant. But they, but they did, you know. Um, and, um, yeah, that, that all happened during those sessions. I don't think there was... Anything else from TSC? A few words for the dead probably happened during those jam sessions. These chains, similarly, um, you know, a lot of those songs were, from my point of view, were, you know, an attempt to express how much pain I was in um, as my as my marriage was slowly grinding down the gears I mean it took years before we split up but I think we both knew we were buggered a long time before that and um, these chains and um, now she'll never know were, were, were like sister songs really um, few words for the dead is simply about light and darkness or, or, or hatred and love really um it's an examination of how prejudice is passed on from one generation to the next um, and how, you know, and how you can break that cycle by being bigger than it. Um, what else is on there? What have I forgot? Have you got answering a, machine? Oh, the answering machine. Fluidity in my feelings and all that. Yeah, that's a um, crack. That's a cracking little song. Yeah, uh, born to run. Ah, born to run. Yeah, that well, that that lyric came to me in Liverpool. I was in Liverpool on tour, I think, and I, I it was a sort of grim kind of a day. Um, I don't know if we had a day off or if it was a show day, but I was looking out the window, quite a high window in a hotel watching this um, character kind of bat battling through the weather down the street uh, with heavy shopping bags. and um, You know, it was a classic It's Grim Up North kind of, <laughs> kind of vision. And it set me off thinking about, you know, you know where I'd grown up and that strange, perverse nobility that the people had in life being a struggle, like there was something noble in that. Um, being at being at the being at the arse end of the the British class system was somehow a good thing. Um, and of course, I got out of it and went south. And uh, and got lucky and ended up doing what I do, which is great. You know, I didn't have to work in a factory. Well, I had worked in a factory, but I didn't have to work in a factory any longer. Uh, or, or, God forbid, go down the pit. Um, and so that, you know, it, it's it's a song about sadness and 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 accepting that your life is going to be a struggle 
and that that's a shame and that, that I've got out, but at the same time I can't escape my own roots. You know, how can we run from ourselves? We can't, you know, we can, we can get so far, but we're, we're always who, who we were in the beginning. Mm. Mm. Which yeah, isn't necessarily a bad thing either. You no. Know, I think if no. you lose your, your sense of your roots, then you're well on the way to losing yourself altogether. And I have been in that place where I've been totally, totally lost. And I've sort of... I think it was the death of my parents that brought me back to my roots. But, um, I think when my mum and dad died, not that they died together, but they died relatively closely together within a couple, two or three years. And that brought me and my sisters closer. Um, you know, you have a bit of a rethink about what you've got when you lose your mum and dad. You, your siblings suddenly, you realise how important they are to you, even though you might have forgotten it or denied it. And so my, our Sue and our Jill became really, really much, much more important to me. Uh, and I think I to them, you know, we became, mm. we became close family. And, and because of that, you know, I, I became then much more, more rooted really in, in, in the things that matter and the things that count. And I think I drifted away from those for a, a decade and got really lost. Um, of course, I got a lot of songs out of it. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, be, being lost is, is, is not a good thing. No. It's... I mean, having having been involved in conversations with you and your sisters, and having spoken to your sisters as well, that's it's clearly evident the the closeness of of the relationship you've got with them. But also, there's that bit where I guess for the rest of the family, for the wider family, you three are you're at the top of the tree now, if you know right. what I mean, because because you, you're kind of the in the kind of family hierarchy. We're it. You're yeah, it. Well, yeah, it's 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 everybody else is younger than us. Yes, you're the keepers sure. of the flames, so to speak. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Which scares me in a statement when I, when I made it. I just got this vivid image of light in my own farts. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as I said it, I thought I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't trust any of you with a naked flame. Um, <laughs> what a daft thing to say. I might have to edit that out. It's just too much. <laughs> uh, but you've taken on that particular fun. mantle, haven't you? Yeah, I suppose we have. I mean, what, I mean, what I really missed about losing my old man uh, was not having anybody to go to for mm. wisdom. Mm. Suddenly, you know, he's, it's the bloke in the mirror. There, mm. the, the, there he is. That's all you've got, you know. Um, and it's you spend your whole life with that sort of subconscious assumption that if you're in a tight spot or you've got a moral dilemma, you could go and have a chat with your with your mum and dad about it. Yeah. 
And once and when they're gone, it's that's that's what I found a really strange feeling. It's like, well, who do I ask? Mm. Who do I ask now? Must have been terrifying for the people who bypass you to go to your dad. Who <laughs> are now left with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think they think of me as an option. <laughs> <laughs> You're still not a tick box. You're still... <laughs> no point asking him. <laughs> no, no. The netter must be bombarded with people. <laughs> well, it prob- well, we tend to go and ask Garso. <laughs> yeah. I could see why that would be the... <laughs> She'd always have an answer for you. She was uh, the sort of, you know, hit them hard and hit them low yeah. uh, <laughs> character in the in the, in the and Yeah. She's uh, the double down Hogarth, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. J- Jilly doesn't take any prisoners either, but, but she tends to be a bit slower to give advice. Right. Our Sue's a bit more, let me handle this, move out the way, <laughs> come in through, I'll sort this out. And she usually does. She's always the first to get the family quiz into some sense of order, isn't she? Yeah, she gave me a bollocking on Sunday because I, I bailed out. She, the, the date, so then they, they set a new date and said, uh, oh, what did she say to me, cheeky cow? She said, no, with any luck, our Steve will be a, won't be quite so much of a lightweight in a fortnight's time. Mm. I thought, oh, mm. cheeky cow. Mm. She meant it in fun, obviously. Mm, obviously, <laughs> with just that little bit of truth underneath it that makes it all all ring. <laughs> anyway, we've not really started on radiation, but a little bit, oh, but no. not a lot. We'll, we'll get we'll get back onto it next week. It's fine because this can oh. this can run and run. Yeah, run. well, it there's, will. There's... At the speed I'm answering <laughs> yeah. questions, won't it? Well, the point the point we've got to is the point we've got to is there wasn't a lot of hangover from TSE. We know that. And lyrically, a lot of it did hang around what was going on a bit in your personal life. So there's three or four tunes on the album that probably talk to something that's going on yeah, yeah. around and about you. Yeah. And, then, and then a couple of others as well. Yeah, it's, it's imbued with a, a deep sadness here and there. Um, but not everywhere. You know, Three-Minute three Boy, I mean, I guess it's not exactly... Happy shiny, but but it's it's about it's about that arc of fame. I guess that's a sister song to King in a way. Um, so it's not it's not all depressing and miserable, apart from those ones that are about the climate crisis or how grim it is to live up north. Apart from that, oh yeah, that is quite grim, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite that. a bouncy little record. I quite liked Battleship Grey. I think that that's Ooh. they're the two words that sum up that that song in a way. They were the, always There's always, some great lyrics in that. We'll come to let's come to that for seventy four. Let's let's examine that because I think actually Born to Run's got stuff in it worth exploring. It's all that's but we'll come we'll come to that. We've got the last bit of diary from um from the AOS tour yes. dates. Yes, the tra- another train ride, but another but a train happier ride. one. <laughs> Well, it would have been it would have been hard to have surpassed the last one, <laughs> one, one that didn't involve having a gun pointed at you. <laughs> well, you hold off you, the train. That's no. what you want. Result: out of a train ride. <laughs> get on at one end, get off at the other. <laughs> that's what you want. No automatic weapons. <laughs> yeah, I had a lovely chat with uh, that 
Monsieur Theatre Director. Went, oh dear, she was delightful. Mm. Mark, I think Mark was at the table. We had a lovely little chat with her. Um, on the on down on the train down to Krakow, which is a beautiful city, and I recommend it if you've never been. Um, well worth a visit. I've never been actually, and it is on my list of places I'd like to go to. Yeah, it's lovely. Winter and summer, you know, it's lovely in the summer and it's lovely midwinter as well. How long? I'm trying to think of dates now. When did the wall come down? 89. So we're talking six years afterwards, aren't we? Right. Uh, yeah, right, I guess okay. so. Yeah. I guess so. That, that, was, that was very strange. That um, well, I, I mentioned that in the in the Yeah, there's two... There's, the, the the things I really took away from that, and that are still in my memory was um, buying the sledge. Still got that sledge. Uh, it's one of those curvy wooden wooden Eastern European sledges. Um, this is the sound of me crossing out one question. Carry on. I, oh, sorry. And right. and um, and the funny, slightly eerie photographs uh, on the wall inside that that gig we played because it was um it was a gymnasium and i think it was um it must be where you know they used to take their athletics and their gymnastics very seriously in in eastern europe and they were very good at it but i think it was also very institutionalized and they'd take young girls and young boys at quite a tender age and and really train them like racehorses well, we'll get to that in the course of the reading. So I'll let you I'll let you take us to that final bit of AOS tour on those last two those last two dates. Yes. It was bloody cold. I remember that. But they were they were good shows. Mm. Here it comes. Monday, 20th of November, Warsaw Coliseum. We took the train from Poznan to Warsaw. I spent much of the journey in the restaurant car with my friends, the laptop and the sequencer. Sad. I ordered a spot at breakfast, omelette and bacon, which was very good. The coffee, on the other hand, seemed to have been made with some kind of mud that had been dredged from the bottom of the Ganges. When we arrived at Warsaw, we were met at the station by Kinga Sienica, our colleague and friend from the record label, who coordinated my last two promotion trips to Poland. A minibus took us to the hotel. We were already late for the interviews scheduled in the hotel bar. I checked into my room, dropped my bags and returned downstairs and straight into my first interview. I was seated opposite a slightly grubby tabloid journalist who had come to ask me about women. All the usual stuff, something to titillate the readers, but nothing too personal. That's a relief. In England, they'd want me to draw diagrams. The rest of the band were busy with other journalists. I could hear Mark Kay going through a brief history of the lineup of the band. I decided I'd rather be talking about women. I had a second interview with two girls from a radio station before being hurried through the door into a waiting minibus to sound check. The drive took about half an hour, during which I heard the new Beatles single, Free as a Bird, 
on the radio. It sounds like ELO to me. Beatles imitating Jeff Lynne imitating Beatles. Maybe he produced it. When we arrived at the gig, it turned out to be a big circus tent in the middle of an otherwise empty and very cold field. We found our way inside and were shown to the dressing rooms, which, like every other part of the gig, were mobile units. Apparently, the chap who owns and manages this venue, the Coliseum, usually packs it all into trucks and takes it on the road as a travelling disco. He must need quite a few trucks. It's easily capable of housing 2,000 people. Upstairs, to the right of stage, was a little bar and kitchen where we were to be given dinner. I suspect the manager handpicks his staff, all female and extremely beautiful. I tucked into barbecue chicken and breadcrumb-coated mushrooms, served by a sultry young woman with her nose in the air. Her general demeanour was sending out the message, I suppose you expect me to be impressed, but I'm gorgeous and I'm not. Enjoy your meal. It's better than anyone in Warsaw has eaten in the last 50 years and don't even dream about getting to know me. I didn't. I moved to a place a bit closer to the radiator, as it was still quite chilly. The crew boys said that the space heaters had been going now for a couple of hours, and when they loaded in this morning it was like an ice station. I got the impression that it had been something of a spiritual triumph to put the show in here at all. As usual, when the band arrived, everything was in place, up and running, as if by magic, although the crew had that you can't imagine what we've been through to make this happen look about them. Soundcheck went without a hitch, apart from a brief moment when one of the cigarette company's promotional girls decided to adjust the top of her stockings in full view of band and crew, resulting in a simultaneous outbreak of bum notes, missed cues and flight cases being dropped. Once again... We were too far from the centre of town to return to the hotel before the show, so we kicked our heels and mooched about the place until the doors opened and then barricaded ourselves into the backstage porter cabins. The show turned out to be my favourite of this part of the tour. I was singing really well, the crowd were terrific and the sound was very good at centre stage. During the final encore, I climbed the PA stack at stage right and stood on top, literally in the roof, to realise that I was pressed against one of the tubular aluminium supporting beams which ran down to the floor in the crowd. It was an opportunity too handy to ignore. I looked down behind me at Mark Kay, who had already read my thoughts and nodded as if to say, yeah, I'd do it. I slung my arms and legs around the pole and slid down into the sea of hands which ensnared my legs as I landed. I couldn't get free to sing the last verse of Garden Party, so I sort of sang it upside down, managing to return to the stage for the final chords and to say goodnight. I returned to the dressing rooms, covered in black grease and grime from the tent pole, to discover we were to go straight from the show to a party in our honour at a nearby club, and there are no showers. I had a makeshift wash care of Paul Lewis who poured bottles of mineral water and shower gel over me before changing into my party frock. The party turned out to be a low-key thing in a little nightclub. 
It was another one of those slightly industrial clubs with lots of stainless steel and black rubber flooring. It took a couple of hours before they got the disco to function in any other area of the sonic spectrum than the treble end. The bass amps had fused. When I pointed this out to the people I was talking to, no one seemed to know what I was on about. It's a fascinating lesson in how little most people care about sound. I've been so obsessed with it for so long that I'm actively irritated by bad sound and bad music at any level of volume and often can be seen inexplicably wincing in pain as I eat breakfast in some public place where they're playing crap background music. Anyway, in the end they got it going and we all hung around for quite a while. I don't think the place was open to the public, just invited guests, so my every move was being observed. It's a good feeling if you like a bit of attention, but after ten minutes of it, even an egomaniac like me has had enough. We eventually rattled back to the hotel in our minibus. It was late and the hotel bar was closed, so we all went to bed, taking care not to get into the wrong lift. All the lifts in this hotel go to different places. You can easily end up in the twilight zone. Tuesday, 21st of November. Warsaw to Krakow, Corona. We left the hotel at 11, I think, and were driven in the ever-present minibus to Warsaw Central Station, opposite the gargantuan Palace of Culture, Stalin's Gift, where we had played last year. We had a few minutes to spare, so I went to buy batteries for my sequencer. Paul gave me that, please don't wander off and get into any trouble and miss the train, look. I suppose he has good reason to worry. I do seem to be incident prone. I got back to the platform in plenty of time and we all hung around chatting and stamping our feet in the bitterly cold air of this sunny Polish November morning. We signed the occasional autograph as we waited. Are you Marillion? No, I'm freezing. I think you are Marillion. Oh, go on then. It's not for me. I don't like you. It's for my cousin. The train arrived on time and we boarded. I settled down in a compartment with Paul along with a distinguished-looking middle-aged woman. As Paul and I chatted away, I discerned from her eyes that although she appeared to be reading the newspaper, which was printed, of course, in Polish, she was following our conversation. I got the feeling that not only did she speak very good English, but that she was possessed of a certain sensitivity and humour. When Paul and I later shared a joke together, I noticed her smiling discreetly to herself. I introduced myself and Paul and said I had suspected she spoke English. Her name was Olga Stoklosa. It transpired that she's a theatre director from Warsaw, currently working on a production in Krakow, hence the journey. Her husband is a composer. We discussed yesterday's general election, during which the people had ousted their president and long-standing hero, Lech Wałęsa, in favour of Alexander Kwasniewski, the ex-communist. She explained that Wałęsa, although probably the founder of the resistance movement, which was to indirectly bring about the collapse of the Russian-controlled Eastern Bloc, had become something of an embarrassment as president. 
she said that his coarse working-class accent and simple-minded thinking were not appropriate to a position which must command respect internationally. I don't know that I agree. Give me a visionary with a pure and incorruptible heart any day in preference to a cynical opportunist who knows how to hold a knife and fork. Oh well, let's hope they know what they're doing. History owes Poland and its people quite a few favours. I have seen this country transformed in the last few years. It would be heartbreaking to see a backward slide into dictatorship and decay. Paul kept coming and going, nervously checking everything was okay with the rest of the band. I chatted to Olga for much of the journey from Warsaw to Krakow as we sped through seemingly limitless snow-covered countryside. As we got further south and nearer to Krakow, the surroundings became hilly and consequently much more beautiful. I had been looking forward to Krakow. I was there in the summer. It's a very old and gothic town, like every Frankenstein movie you ever saw. Peter Cushing is everywhere, emerging from the old wooden doorways into the cobbled streets. I can easily imagine myself in a big shirt, screaming, Live! in some attic laboratory full of high-voltage equipment as my coach and horses rattles nervously in the courtyard below. The people are friendly and we're quite well known here, so we don't pay for drinks very often. I couldn't wait to see the domes, spires and rooftops of the old town covered in snow. When we arrived, I said farewell to Olga, who invited me to her house if I should ever find myself alone in Warsaw. We have a Bursendorfer piano, which I'm sure you would love to play, she said, and you could dine with my family and talk about music with my husband. That would be something. I thanked her. I'll take her up on the offer if I should ever have the chance. You never know. We climbed down from the train and made our way out of the station into the snow-covered street where a minibus was already waiting, care of Eva, the promoter's assistant. It was great to be back so soon. Unfortunately, the hotel wasn't in the centre of town, which was a shame because I would have been off for a walk across the town square, known as the Rinneck, and a mooch round the market. There wouldn't have been time anyway. We had to regroup immediately in the hotel lobby for TV and radio interviews. I was dog-tired and bluffed my way through them. No time, no time. We left for soundcheck straight after the interviews, driving back into town to the venue, the Corona, a 1,000-ish capacity hall where, if I'm not mistaken, Gymnastics displays are the usual form of entertainment. Our dressing rooms were in the basement of the building, in the changing rooms. Outside in the corridors, there were old posters and photographs of Olympic gymnastic heroes and heroines, muscular young men holding impossible positions on the rings, and, pinned to a notice board, images of prepubescent girls frolicking on the beach. This latter picture probably represented the local team's annual holiday, perhaps a luxury extended by the coach in return for a childhood dedicated to obsessive training. I found something slightly disturbing about the holiday photograph. All the girls seemed to be adopted curiously flirtatious poses for the camera. I've heard rumours about the power that coaches in the Eastern Bloc had over their athletes, 
At one time here, to be an accomplished athlete was one of the few ways to elevate yourself to a better life. Maybe you would put up with anything to remain part of the elite. Maybe I'm reading too much into a holiday snap. It's just a feeling. We were shown into a gymnasium where two small tables were set for dinner. We ate noodle soup next to the wall bars and had curious salad with sweet, crispy things in it before going upstairs to soundcheck. Tonight is to be the last show of the Afraid of Sunlight tour, so I was keen to throw a few extra songs into the set. We rehearsed out of this world, but decided it wasn't going to measure up without spending more time on it. We went for the easier options. A couple of Beatles songs and the old standbys, Sugar Mice, The Space, and to my relief, alone again in the lap of luxury. After soundcheck, I was tired out, and for the first time today, there was the prospect of an hour with nothing to do. So I arranged with Paul and Tim to borrow Tim's bunk on the crew bus so that I could sleep. I was spirited out of the hall, into the street, out of sight of the people waiting to come in. Everything was frozen solid. There was a half inch of ice covering everything in the darkness. I jumped gratefully onto the warm crew bus where my eyes fell immediately upon an immaculate wooden sledge. One of the bus drivers had bought it for his children. It had a curved wooden frame, metal runners, and was big enough for two. Wow, it's fantastic, I said. Do you want me to see if I can get you one, said Tim, always willing to help. I thanked him and said I would love one to take home for Sophie and Nile. The bus driver said I could have this one and he would arrange to buy another for himself. I checked he was absolutely sure as I didn't want to appear to be pulling rank. He said he wanted something slightly smaller anyway so I accepted his offer and arranged to pay Tim for it. It would make a lovely souvenir of Krakow and a fantastic present for my small people. I climbed into Tim's bunk and remained there for some time, listening to the noises filtering in from outside, the footsteps of passing strangers, and the murmur of happy anticipation. One of the best sounds I can imagine, as well as the recognisable shouts of the crew. I love to lie in the darkness and listen to the rich cocktail of the noises of the outside world until I drift into dreamlike thoughts, that not knowing whether or not I'm asleep. At 7.30, I roused myself and was taken back into the building by Paul, stopping briefly to sign an autograph for a girl who had obviously waited outside the bus for quite some time and was almost frozen solid. Upon entering the hall, we realised that I would have to cross the hall and then the stage in full view of the audience. I tried to keep my head down, but I was quickly spotted and a cheer went up for me which I acknowledged with an embarrassed wave. At this point in the evening, I am still the off-stage Steve H, so I react nervously to the kind of adulation that, in 30 minutes' time, I will take completely in my stride. Well, the show turned out to be great fun. The crowd were totally into it, and the atmosphere was such that the military-looking security men between the stage and crash barriers gradually relaxed and adopted a low profile, apart from pulling out the occasional fainters in the front row. 
At the end of the set, we got into three or four encores and I sang till I couldn't sing any more. It didn't matter. I wouldn't have to sing live again until next spring. After the show, we returned to the worst hotel bar in the world. It reminded me of one of those nightclubs on ships with the obligatory dreadful cabaret band. I was in one once. Well, I sat at the bar for a while and chatted to our promoter, Oleg, I think, who said that perhaps with the next album we might do some shows in Russia. I would love to see St Petersburg and Moscow. The two Piotras from RMFFM called in, despite it being late, and one of them gave me a book, a souvenir of Krakow, the city photographed from the air and the interiors of the many churches. Something to flip through and remember when I'm back in England. I can't begin to imagine receiving such generosity from any DJ working in the UK, apart from perhaps the lovely Bob Harris. I hung around a while longer at the bar, but was eventually driven away by the drab atmosphere. Wednesday, 22nd of November. Krakow, Warsaw, Frankfurt, Heathrow, home. Woke at 11 and made my way down to the lobby in several layers of warm clothing in order to be insulated against the icy air. I had arranged yesterday to meet up with the boys at 11.30 to go into Krakow Centre and do a little shopping. I wasn't surprised to find myself alone in hotel reception as 11.30 came and went. I will never understand how anyone would pass up the chance to explore a town as beautiful and unique as this is in preference to an extra hour in bed. I changed up some slotties and ordered a cab into town. As I was leaving, Mark appeared, so we left together and a taxi took us to the main square, the Rinneck. I had been here with Pete in the summer. We'd stayed in the centre of town at the Grand Hotel, so I know my way around. I took Mark to the market and we wandered up and down the stalls looking for potential Christmas presents. I bought some amber and silver earrings for Sue. Amber is found in large quantities on the Baltic coastline so there is a tradition of using it in jewellery in all the Baltic states. I also bought some postcards from a little stationery stall. I wondered how the man serving could justify sitting freezing there all day in the cause of earning such a small amount. He didn't look particularly poor. It wasn't long before the cold worked its way into our bones, so we abandoned shopping in favour of finding a spot of breakfast somewhere. Mark fancied toast and eggs, so I took him to the breakfast room stroke cafe at the Grand Hotel, where the waitresses had been so helpful and amusing last time. I was looking for one particular woman whose name I can't remember, perhaps Irina, who was most kind to us whenever we arrived late for breakfast last time. She would tease us and say, breakfast is finished, with a certain playful matronly humour common among mature Polish women. When Mark and I arrived at the cafe, still beating out the cold from our hands and feet, there she was. She was pleased to see we had returned, and I kissed her cheek as we sat down for omelette with bacon, toast and coffee. I scribbled a few postcards as we ate. We returned to the streets of the old town, feeling much warmer and refreshed, and I took Jack over the square to the St Mary's Basilica, the beautiful old church in the corner which is not to be missed. 
there's an amazing wooden sculpture of Christ inside. There's also a man who pops out of one of the upper windows to blow a trumpet every hour. A human cuckoo clock. What a way to make a living. We return to the hotel to pack and prepare for the long journey home. First by train to Warsaw and then by plane via Frankfurt to Heathrow. On the long train journey back to Warsaw, we were approached by a man wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase. He told us he was the owner of a computer software company in Gdansk and a big fan of contemporary music for many years. He had specifically made the journey from the north to the south of Poland to see us play in Krakow. He was over the moon at having bumped into us and insisted on buying us lunch in the restaurant car. I wasn't hungry myself, but joined him to talk about his life and his business. He invited us to his home to talk further about and listen to music, if ever we should come to Gdansk. He also promotes shows and has been responsible for bringing quite a few known international artists to Poland. At Warsaw Station, we were met by Kinga and Eva, who took us to the airport and waited to ensure we had no problems at check-in. We thanked them both and said bye-bye, hopefully until next time. I wandered round the duty-free and bought vodka before climbing aboard the jet to Frankfurt. There was one nervous moment when we spied a SWAT team, about 12 of the hardest-looking cases I've ever seen, complete with submachine guns, donning black balaclavas as they ran along an opposite corridor. Well, a hijacking would have made the trip complete, but we boarded the plane without incident, so maybe they were just on some training exercise. And we're back. Yay! Um, and quite, quite a, a full-on little, little. Uh, only two days, but quite a lot of, co- well, hell of a lot of content in there actually. And like you say, you've got your little chat with um, with the theatre director or the lady on the train, which is nice. And then there's that very vivid. Um, picture from that first gig where you essentially slide down something that sounds like a fireman's pole. Oh, it was just a big support strut of this this big tent that the that the gig was. It was it was a tent um, in a field, and uh, it just occurred to me towards the end that if I climbed on top of the PA, um, I'd be within grasping distance of this this support strut, which was kind of coming down at a sort of 70 degree angle uh, and, uh, and I could therefore slide straight into the audience um, so I did and uh, not not fully realising just how filthy it was mm. and how much um, <laughs> how much shit and grease and God knows what was all over it so, so I was absolutely caked when I got to the bottom but hey, it was the encore, and uh, it, it's probably a, me- a memory for certain people that were there. I love, I love the the fact that you looked down to Mark, and Mark just looked up and went, "Go on then, go on then, give that a crack." Well, yeah, he's you know he's been trying to get rid of me for years. <laughs> yeah. He he will always egg me on. <laughs> it's a greater danger. <laughs> he would do it himself. He, there is a there is a little twinge of jealousy I sometimes see in him. You know that. 
There's that bugger up the top of that PA sliding down that support strut. That should be me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd love that. I wouldn't fancy the singing, but I'd like that bit. <laughs> I want a bit of attention. Where's where's the nearest cement mixer? <laughs> <laughs> he, Bless him. Mark's a bit more reckless than I am. So when I become reckless, I he sort of I always get the nod of approval. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was I thought that was really gig. And and a really nice gig by the sounds of it at the end. Really it sounds like you just sang till you dropped. Yeah, it was a crack it was a cracking show. I can actually half remember that, which is extraordinary, you know, considering how long ago it was. I can almost see the room. Um and I remember it being a, a humdinger, you know, having just having a great a great vibration. I think I had actually allude in the in the diary down to, to to waking up or being in a sort of semi sleep on the bus, and hearing that murmur of anticipation outside as the you know as the crowd are, are queuing up. That is really really just the other side of the wall of the bus mm. from me. Um, that's that's always an amazing amazing feeling. You know, lie there lie there grinning to myself, thinking, "Oh, I'm a lucky sod." I've often thought that, you know, when I walk past tour buses and what have you, where you think, well, I'm here and the bus is three feet in that direction and then that if... band, they're, they're in there. They're, they're yeah, just there. I wonder if they're there. Yeah, I wonder if they're there. I wonder if they're oh, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder if they're trying to find a, find a pair of socks or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They probably are. Or a pocket sequencer. They almost certainly are. Well, we'll call it a day for, for 73. Um, and obviously, again, to anybody who's trying to get, I hope you've managed to get tickets for the for the natural show in December if you've been trying to do that. Because um, I think by the time we next talk to you, they'll absolutely have gone. Um, you know, it's going to be an event. It's going to be a proper event. Maybe I should put some deck chairs outside. <laughs> in December? <laughs> Yeah, probably wouldn't work. Igloos, igloos with little loudspeakers in <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> right, well, I'll, 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 I'll see you in on. All right then, Anthony. That's yes. fantastic. I've actually managed to record myself today. You say I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to reveal that, but you've just done it. Yeah, I completely. What's the word that isn't fucked up? Uh, no, I can't think of another one. I completely <laughs> fucked up. Yesterday and and um, I sort of pressed record and then at some point I must have sort of pressed stop um, or or God pressed stop and and when I when we'd finished I had a look and most of it was gone so gone. here we are again I wasn't going to mention it simply because it'll be me next time so I thought well I'm not I'll not say anything you had to ask me the same stupid questions and I had to pretend. That I had never heard them. Yeah, I tried to mix it up a bit. Well, I didn't have to pretend very hard because my memory's so <laughs> so bad, <laughs> and it's not as it's not as if we've got a record of what he said yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all fun on TCD. Actually, there's a thing I did write that down. Eighteenth of December will also be TCD eighty six. Eighty six will have gone out on the oh. Friday. Goodness. How close will we be to 100 at that point? Yeah. Yeah. It's 
So it could be a little TCD86 party as well. Oh. Because nobody ever, nobody ever recognises your 86th, do they? No. No, they don't. You know? No. no. That's usually Perhaps because they... you've snuffed it. Yeah. <laughs> Just dribbling somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a tagline for the event. Oh, Steve yeah. Hogarth is dribbling somewhere. <laughs> Almost certainly. I'm going to go and dribble somewhere else right, right now, Anthony. Okay. Don't have no newbies this week Only the faithful Thanks for subscribing Thank you for listening Have a good week Take care of yourself Wasn't that fun My life is settled down Into record Sending out birthday cards To people that I don't know Isn't that strange Cheering people up So far away Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>